Hi, I'm Richard, the founder of 10 Adventures, and this is the 10 Adventures podcast. Each week, we talk to real people about real adventures as they explore this incredible planet we all live on. Welcome back to the 10 Adventures podcast. Today, we're going to talk about all things spring. And one of the questions I get quite often is, where's a good place to go in April or where's a, where's a great place to go in May? And today we've invited Nadine Gravis, one of the team members at 10 Adventures, to share her expertise and a bunch of incredible destinations to consider as you plan a trip this spring. Hey, Nadine, how's it going? Hi, Richard. I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing great. And I'm excited to talk about this because I find I get a bunch of wanderlust just hearing about different places I can go. In fact, last night, uh, we were working with a family and like writing a list of all the places we want to go in kind of the next five years. And I was even Googling, oh, when's the best time to go to Vietnam? Can I go there in in winter? And so uh, I know I have a question like, oh, when can I travel to these countries? Uh, and today what I want to talk about is where's the best place to go in spring? And so I thought I'd start off with like, you know, what are you seeing as being really popular this spring? Yeah, that's a great question. I think in terms of spring travel, it's a special sort of trip because when we think of spring as a season, we, well, at least I kind of think of um, rebirth, adventure, awakening, all of these sort of things that are associated with spring. And it makes sense that it's a season that you would want to kind of step out and uh, enjoy an adventure during. We definitely do see people booking some very popular destinations in spring, but there's also some, you know, places that people don't necessarily think of that are a little bit more off the beaten path in spring. So um, when we're talking about spring, we're thinking of typically March, April, May. And yeah, I'm excited to tell you a little bit about what we're seeing in terms of where guests are booking, the ideas that I'm giving guests uh, of where to travel in spring and and how that's all unfolding. Uh, What are some of the most popular destinations you're seeing guests book right now? So definitely when it comes to spring, we see a ton of guests booking trips in Europe. As you know, there's a lot of beautiful countries to explore in Europe, a lot of diverse landscapes. I'd say the key spot for spring, especially for those of us who um, are enduring sort of long, cold, dreary, snowy winters, um, one of the key destinations is Mediterranean Europe. So I don't know about you, Richard, but when I think of Mediterranean Europe, I think turquoise water, you know, that coastal Mediterranean sea breeze, incredible seafood, and it's often exactly what we need um, at the end of a long winter to kind of get out and enjoy some good weather on the coast and some epic adventures. So with that in mind, Italy is definitely one of the top destinations that we see guest booking for spring adventures. And what's neat about Italy is it's not necessarily just focused in one part of the country. So um, when it comes to Italy, you know, you've got the Italian Riviera, so Cinque Terre. That's a really popular place for walking. Um, the Cinque Terre National Park is beautiful, the Ligurian coast. And if we head to more central Italy, you've got Tuscany, where you've got, you know, the traditional Tuscan landscape, iconic cities like Florence, um, obviously the Tuscan delicacies. Uh, And if we head south, you've also got the Amalfi Coast, which is another really, really beautiful destination to visit in spring. The benefit of these, you know, three that I've just mentioned is availability can be quite tricky in the summer months when the hordes of tourists and kids are off of school and everyone's wanting to travel there. So getting to visit these places in spring 
um, it's kind of like your own, you know, taste of it before um, everybody rushes in and sort of uh, occupies it for the summer months, which is good. It's funny, you know, a lot of the Mediterranean, I've actually only been in summer once and it was okay, but it was just everything was packed. Like restaurants were packed, the beaches were packed. Uh, I've always gone in spring or autumn where it's like a totally different experience. And yeah, the water's not as hot, although in autumn you can still get really warm water. In spring, the water's still pretty cold, but you kind of feel like you have the whole place to yourself, you know, so it's easier when you go to a restaurant, you don't have to, you, don't have to, you know, wait in line or get terrible service. And then the price are often a lot cheaper as well. So you look at, you know, on the door, it says in peak season, this room is like 400 euros a night. Meanwhile, you're paying like 85 euros because you're going in April. Uh, it really is. It's, it's like a, a hidden trick. If you can go to Europe in spring or autumn, uh, especially the coastal parts, it's just incredible to go there. It's, it's just as beautiful as well. It's just just not as hot. That's about the only downside. That's exactly it. And it's a win-win. Like you said, lower cost typically than peak summer season. You're beating the crowds. Um, you're getting, you know, a dose of adventure right at the beginning of the spring season before summer kicks in and you may have other stuff planned. So uh, in terms of Italy, you know, there's there's more to think about than what I've shared um, in terms of destinations. So if you're looking for something a little bit more off the beaten path in Italy, Puglia has been a really top destination for us, both for cycling and walking. Um, a lot of people are booking self-guided walking tours and cycling tours in Puglia. Um, you've got the rugged cliffs, obviously, along the coast there. Um, May in particular is great for snorkeling. That's when the snorkeling season begins, May in Puglia. And then to think of islands in Italy as well. So we've got the largest island in the Mediterranean Sea, which is Sicily. Um, that's a fabulous spot to travel to in spring, as is Sardinia. And this is one we're really seeing rising in popularity. So um, a lot more people are looking at Sardinia when you see that, uh, you know, that quintessential uh, Mediterranean Italy turquoise water, I automatically think of Sardinia. It's it's a beautiful island and a, a great place to be if you're trying to get a little bit more off the beaten path in Italy. All those sound great. I'd like to go and hear some more ideas of destination. So when people call in or email and say, hey, I just want to go somewhere in April, I don't care where, how would you take a guess through all the options that like they can maybe go through? Do you like go by by country or do you start with continents first? Yeah, what I, what I try to get a feel for is firstly, do you have anywhere specific on your bucket list that you really wanted to travel? And then maybe if they suggest something, um, if that's not a, a destination that's good in the particular season they're looking to travel to, I at least have in mind what they're looking for. So whether it's, you know, being on the coast, if they're looking for really a good, you know, balance between adventure and cuisine, that type of thing. I also like to uh, kind of get an understanding of what they're looking to do. So are they looking to, to do a walking tour? Are they looking to do a cycling tour? Are they looking to do cultural sightseeing? Um, and that'll give me an idea of, of where I can start to suggest. And so I start to typically throw out maybe one or two continents to begin to kind of give them some contrast. And once they've decided on one of those, then we can really get into working um, on the specifics. So some other great destinations um, still on the topic of Europe, uh, Spain. We're seeing a lot of a lot of people traveling to Spain. Um, as you may be familiar with the Camino de Santiago, there's a multitude of really beautiful um, ancient walking routes that all lead to Santiago de Compostela rather. Um, and so the the Caminos on foot and on bike are really popular, especially those going through um, Galicia 
and along the Portuguese coast as well. Um, speaking of Portugal, the Portuguese coast is also a really popular destination in spring. It's kind of what I think of as the perfect way to reset, um, enjoying a, a meaningful journey on a, a Camino is it's not always necessarily a, a spiritual thing for people or a religious thing. And we often find that a lot of people that are booking Caminos are actually doing it on a solo basis as kind of a, a self-discovery uh, trip where they go and, and they set their intentions for the trip. And there's no better time really to do that than spring because we talked about those ideas of reawakening and rebirth. And so I think it's the perfect trip um, to plan uh for spring and there are so many options and that can be daunting that's you know one of the things when people are looking at caminos they're often emailing or calling and saying i don't know where to start there are so many routes and and you know that's why we're here because we uh, have a good understanding of how all of the different routes connect where they lead to uh, different levels of difficulty um, and we can help you find the perfect camino you know one thing that's interesting is I know quite a few people who will, who have done the Camino in spring kind of to get into shape for their summer hiking or cycling season. And so, you know, here in Canada, I know in, in parts of uh, Northern England as well, and even the, the Northern U.S. states, you know, March, it's still cold and snowy in April, you know, maybe it's a bit better. Um, but going and doing, you know, a two-week walking holiday, it kind of gets your whole body recharged. You kind of miss the, the end of the winter and then you come back and it's like it's definitely spring in these northern climates and you've built the base up. Uh, and that's just so useful just to be healthy and active and have a great, you know, a great outdoor season here in our summer, uh, which I think is a great idea. You know, it, it, it's easy to kind of fall into a rut in winter and then summer comes and you spend the first month kind of getting fit again. When I first heard of that, I thought, oh, what a great idea just you know, to accelerate getting fit so you don't spend most of your summer just getting fit again. Yeah, and people come back feeling super confident. Um, there's definitely a unique sense of accomplishment that comes with walking the Camino. And um, in my experience, people come back and they're charged and they're ready for their next adventure. Sometimes that looks like tackling another stage of the Camino. And sometimes that, um, you know, looks like, like you said, building towards their summer adventures. But it's a, it's a, it's a great trip to set your sights on for, for spring. You know, the Camino is like a gateway drug for uh, loving the outdoors. You know, so many people, they they don't know. They thought, oh, I'll just do a pilgrimage. And they're like, holy crow, this is like the most incredible thing. And some people, they go and they do like the Camino every year. I've met people who've done it like 10 or 15 times or they've done all the different variations. A lot of people then say, oh, I like this. Let's go do something in the Alps or the Rockies or England or Turkey or, you know, Nepal. And it's all of a sudden it kind of changes their life. So they're spending more and more time outdoors. They're doing these active holidays where they're interacting more with the people and the places they're going to, they're staying fit, they're getting fit. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it's a gateway drug. The Camino is like the number one way Pete. That's a great way to describe it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> gateway. I love that. I'm going to use that. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. In terms of Europe, I mean, yeah, there are so many options. I have, I have a long list here, but I'll try to share a couple more with you before we head to another continent. You know, speaking of the beautiful sea and coast, we've also got the Cyclades Islands of Greece. Um, beautiful, beautiful destination to visit in spring. Um, you may be familiar as listeners with islands such as Santorini and Mykonos. Those are the most popular, but there are actually over 200 islands that comprise the Cyclades in Greece. Um, and that's in the Aegean Sea. 
So we do uh, see clients booking trips um, on islands that are popular, like, you know, Santorini and Mykonos, often combining a bunch of islands together, whether it be walking or cultural sightseeing, um, cycling. But then there's a ton of other islands that are really cool to explore as well. So you can hit up Andros, Amorgos, Tinos, Naxos, um, just to name a few. Um, Multi-sport adventures are really popular as well because these islands are great for both biking and hiking. Um, May is a great time for sailing in these islands. So the options are really limitless when it comes um, to this part of Greece. And uh, of course, the scenery is just absolutely spellbinding and the perfect dose of um, Mediterranean uh, spring sunshine. (laughs) Uh, It's definitely on my bucket list. I remember hearing from a guest uh, who went and did one of the walking tours in Greece. And one of the villages they, they went to, the only way you could get to it is by walking or by boat. And, and I remember it was like, it was the best seafood they'd ever had. And it was just like this really great experience because it was still like it was, had been for, you know, for centuries. And I thought, oh, that sounds incredible. And, you know, Greece in summer, if you're not in the water, it's, it's pretty hot. And I'd, I'd even say, you know, April and May is probably like one of the best times to go to Greece because you don't have the crowds. It's going to be nice and hot there because you're so far south. Uh, it's again, it's surprising that's not the peak season, but you know, everyone's holidays are in July and August. So that's when it's peak season. Yeah. And you find, um, you know, that what is known as peak season is not always the best time to travel. It's often these shoulder seasons that um, really should be peak season, but those traveling in the shoulder season, again, have the benefit of lower cost, less crowds. You've kind of got, uh, you know, the place to yourself, which, which is really nice. One question we often get, Richard, is um, someone will say, okay, if I, if I have no idea where I want to travel, what's the perfect spring trip? And this is one I think of often because I think it's just such an incredible trip. So um, on the Istrian coast, there's a peninsula located at the head of the Adriatic and it is comprised of Croatia, Slovenia and Italy. I think the ultimate spring adventure and one I've been recommending a ton to our guests this season is hiking this coast. So you're exploring three countries over eight days. You know, if these are a couple of countries that have been on your bucket list, Croatia, Slovenia, Italy, you can um, explore them all in a walking adventure on the coast. Um, you know, you're you're venturing through car-free seaside villages. There's UNESCO ancient sites, Roman aqueducts, um, vineyards. It really has it all. So. Um, Uh, If I had to choose one kind of penultimate spring destination, I'd say the Istrian coast would be that. You know, Germany is one of those places. uh, It's like Australia. I've always wanted to go there, but it's so easy to go there. And it's one of those places. It's like, I can go there later. I can go there later. And it's getting to the point now where it's like, I keep saying later to go to like Bolivia or go to, you know, Laos or some like small place. And it's like, why haven't I spent more time in Germany or Australia? So uh, it's, it's it's on the bucket list. In fact, we're, we're looking at uh, last night, we we're talking about doing a bike tour with my kids because there's a couple uh, really great uh, car free bike tours that are actually really good for families. So I'd say that's actually on our list of one of our kind of bucket list trips. There you go. Well, spring maybe is the best time to do that. Like I said, just growing in popularity um, and particularly for hiking, as I said. So Saxony, the state is, you know, in eastern Germany, famous for its castles and palaces, um, all dating back to the Middle Ages. So beyond the natural beauty of the landscape and the scenery, you've also got, you know, an ideal place for a history lover to go and balance their time, you know, with physical activities and also doing some incredible cultural sightseeing. 
It's definitely a hidden gem um, for hiking lovers. You got the dense forests, um, in particular, the Harz Mountains have been um, quite popular. They've got some iconic hiking trails such as the Mallorweg. And so the options really are, you know, endless and there is a ton to see and do. And like you said, it's one of those places where people may have visited, whether it be for work or, you know, just like a city trip, um, but they do really have some incredible hiking opportunities in Germany. So if it's not on your list, I would uh, recommend to add it. And I'm going to make a recommendation for Europe. Uh, and it's, I think it's one of the un unknown gems is walking in England in spring is so underappreciated. I used to, I've lived in England, I think two, two and a half, three years. Um, and, uh, I was just amazed, you know, come March, yeah, there's some rainy days, but there's also lots of like these 12 or 14 degrees Celsius days where you can walk with, you know, flowers budding out in the countryside, fresh air, uh, and similar to the Mediterranean, like, you know, getting a, a hotel in the Lake District, you just walk into Keswick or walk into Windermere and you have your your pick of the litter. I went back in summer once and it's like, oh, you have to book this months in advance. And so the weather isn't perfect, but it is just spectacular to have walk all these great trails from, you know, the Cotswolds all the way north to the Lake District without the crowds. Like it's just a, a totally different experience. That's a great one, Richard. And yeah, that is um, something that I think people are often surprised to hear. Because if I have suggested, you know, walking in the UK in spring, they're thinking, ah, uh, I don't want seven days of rain. But like you said, it's, you know, there may be some rainy days, um, but it's a great time to be there again, to beat the crowds, um, lower cost overall, uh, and everything coming alive, which we know England is very green. So when it does come alive, it really comes alive. <laughs> Yeah, and, and the farther south you sit, you stay, the less rain it is. So, you know, the Cotswold Way near uh, near London, just kind of like a couple hours uh, west of London, that's a great option because, like, London's a totally different climate from northern England, like up where the lakes are. The lakes are definitely a lot wetter than it'll be in, in the south. All right, so so we've talked about Europe. Lots of great ideas. I'm definitely getting wanderlust here. It's just started snowing outside. So talking about, you know, just thinking of, you know, great Spanish or Portuguese food, you know, 18 degrees sunny days. It's cloudy and snowing here. So I'm definitely getting some wanderlust. Uh, what's another continent uh, that's great to travel to in spring? Right. With that in mind, just describing the weather there, Richard, a lot of us um, in North America, on this side of the world, by the time spring comes around, we are just looking for a dose of sun. And I feel that way often as well. Once sort of hit that February, March time, you're just looking for some, uh, for some sun. And so um, I wanted to chat about Central America as that's definitely a continent um, that has some great opportunities for travel in spring. In particular, we're seeing quite a lot of guests looking at Costa Rica. Um, the dry season in Costa Rica is mid-December through April, so that really encompasses the most of spring. It's a great time to visit. Obviously, with Costa Rica, you've got the beaches, the volcanoes, the rainforest, such a diverse range of landscapes there, which means um, it really is just an adventure haven, whether it be hiking or zip lining, doing a multi-sport activity or rafting. Um, I always recommend this as a great destination for families in particular, because there's literally something for everyone, whether they're young, um, old you can just enjoy a wealth of adventures in Costa Rica. And so, yeah, if you're like me and looking for a dose of sunshine, Costa Rica is a great choice. Uh, and that's actually on our bucket list. So <laughs> it's funny, actually, because we did this last night, not even thinking it would relate to this uh, this chat today. 
but yeah, Costa Rica, my wife is just fascinated. My kids love, love the natural world. And so the idea of like seeing a rainforest and all the different animals and butterflies and birds, they're like, and then, and then snorkeling, they're like, oh yeah, this is, we want to go to Costa Rica. So it's on there. Yeah, it's definitely a jackpot destination. Um, likewise, Guatemala. In Guatemala, you're looking at the dry season being from November to April. Um, we've actually recently added quite a few trips here. So a uh, great destination for spring, multi-sport, um, a couple of family trips as well. So that's another one to keep in mind if you're traveling with kids. And then uh, Nicaragua. Nicaragua is an amazing destination for hiking. Actually, I have a friend who's there right now and um, I've just been oogling over her uh, pictures uh, of the volcanoes and the forests. Um, she's really into bird watching, so she's been doing some bird watching there, which just looks incredible. Um, and Nicaragua is also great for surfing. So March, April, May, if you're looking to catch some waves, Nicaragua is a great place to do that. And um, we actually do feature a surfing trip in Nicaragua, um, which we've had quite a few uh, people interested in. So that would be uh that those would be my my top picks for um central america do you have any others that that you've got your eyes on no no i actually was are these ones on the list too <laughs> it isn't i actually was looking i've been watching all these surfing videos on on youtube and i've surfed earlier in my life out in tofino which is on the west coast of canada it's kind of hard to get there you gotta fly to a small airport rent a car drive for three or four hours and I'm like, but it's a great beach. Like there's no rocks. It's all sand. The waves are really manageable. Um, and it's kind of fun. You know, usually it's raining or snowing and you're surfing with a thick wetsuit. I thought, where are some good places to surf that has like just this really easy wave and a really safe beach? Because I want to get back into surfing. I want to teach my kids to surf. And I think, I think actually one, uh, one of the beaches was in Nicaragua that, that showed up. And so uh, it's funny you mentioned that because that's, again, that's something that's on my bucket list. It's kind of far down. There's so much I want to do, but I'd love to get the kids surfing because I think it's just such a nice way to kind of commune with the ocean. It is, absolutely. And um, for beginners as well, Nicaragua was great. Like I said, I have a friend traveling there right now and I saw her uh, catching her first wave ever. Her first time surfing was uh, in Nicaragua and it just looked incredible. So um, yeah, that's great that that one's on your list too. So let's go a little bit south from Central America. What's good in South America in spring? Yeah, I love this question. Um, particularly because this was the last uh, continent that I traveled to. So I actually uh, did some trekking in Chile and Patagonia this past September, which would have been um, their spring, essentially, kind of the lead up to their um, summer. So it was definitely a little bit cooler. And likewise, when we're looking at our uh, spring, we're looking at sort of the end of the season in Patagonia. So whether that's Chilean Patagonia or Argentinian Patagonia, um, a great time to kind of catch those uh, last opportunities for trekking before the season winds down for what will be their winter. Um, obviously, just some incredible um, trekking opportunities there, whether it be in Torres del Paine, El Chaltén, El Calafate. Um, the list is endless, and and the natural beauty there is just absolutely spellbinding, having, having been able to uh, speak from personal experience now. And then, you know, uh, Patagonia is fantastic. Uh, as you go farther north, I know in the in the heat of summer, places like Buenos Aires and Santiago are a bit oppressive. Is it a better time to, you know, explore some of the, you know, the cities in, you know, the southern countries in South America? 
Yeah, absolutely. That's it. And when when I think about exploring cities, um, I always have this picture of getting back to the hotel room at the end of the day and just taking your shoes off and flopping on the bed because you've been walking all day long. And, um, you know, there's there's nothing worse than doing that in the dead of summer where there's no reprieve. And so uh, spring for iconic cities such as Santiago in Chile or Buenos Aires in Argentina, um, really, really good time to visit. Again, you've got um, less crowds uh, and you've got less heat and you can get a lot more cultural sightseeing and um, spend your days exploring the natural landscapes and uh, the cultural landscapes on foot uh, and not be sweating to death in the process. Uh, going a bit farther north, uh, Peru is something that uh, I know there's, you know, lots of uh, issues politically right now, uh, although it seems those are, are being resolved. They've reopened trekking there. And I know, you know, actually, I just saw a post and uh, there was something like only like 80 people in all the Machu Picchu on one day where there's usually thousands and kind of it's like, oh, it's if you're willing to go, it's kind of this incredible time right now to go to Machu Picchu. What, when's the best time to trek? trek to Machu Picchu is that something that you know it starts to be good in spring or should you wait until until summer for that yeah that's absolutely right so in terms of Peru when we're talking about spring we're looking at the start of the trekking season so again when we get into that full swing of what is summer um, that trekking season you're going to see a lot more people um a lot more people booking and a lot more people on the trails. As you said, with the recent unrest in Peru, in particular this spring is an incredible time to trek um, and book. We did the just the other day uh, receive an, an update from um, our local partners in Peru that Machu Picchu has reopened, like you said. And so if there was ever a time to um, you know, get those best shots with as, as less people as possible in the background uh, at iconic places like Machu Picchu, um, it would be now. So yeah, if you're, if you're looking to trek in uh, Peru. Uh, the start of the season, like I said, is in spring and it's a good time to start thinking about booking um, in the next little while as, you know, permits are quite limited uh, on trails, particularly like the Inca Trail and they do book up. So it's a good time to start thinking about it. And then looking farther north, what about places like Ecuador and Colombia? I, I know, I know Colombia has some pretty serious rainy seasons, but you know, what are your recommendations in spring if you want to go to Colombia or Ecuador? Yeah, definitely. And so um, I think you've got to be realistic when you're traveling um, to places like Colombia, where, as we know, you know, there are areas that do experience a lot of rain. Um, but if you're looking for somewhere to, to uh, travel in Colombia in the spring, I'd recommend the coast. So some really, really beautiful trekking opportunities along the coast, some really cool um, cultural sightseeing opportunities as well. It's a great place to, you know, get off the beaten path in South America. If you're thinking of South America, maybe you're typically thinking of Peru, most popular countries but if you're looking to do something a little bit different um, Colombia is great and we're really seeing um, as adventure tourism grows in Colombia the infrastructure for trekking is really improving as well um, and we're seeing a lot more guests looking at Colombia for uh, booking their trips trekking. Yeah it seems like Colombia is like this super super hot destination you talked about Croatia and Slovenia earlier and I think Colombia is one of these destinations where people go, they absolutely love it. They come back and they tell their friends uh, and it, it's it's just growing in popularity. Um, now, I know in Ecuador, the kind of the saying is you can trek 12 months a year, but is like, is spring the, the best time or is it still pretty rainy? Or sorry, it's not pretty rainy. It can be rainy. 
It can be rainy, yeah, especially um, as we're entering the month of March. Um, it can be pretty rainy. I'd say it's more just a gamble. If you're prepared and you've got the right gear, um, you can trek in Ecuador year round. In spring, you know, there may be some rain, um, but there may also not be. And so uh, it's maybe not the, the most ideal time to trek in Ecuador, but if it's been on your bucket list and your, your time to go is now, then I'd definitely say it's a, it's a good trip to book. Uh, Wicked. Well, let's leave South America. What continent should we go to next? Let's head to uh, Asia. Lots going on in Asia in spring. Um, Another one that, you know, uh, as I mentioned earlier, spring is a great time for a bucket list trip. And so if there are some countries on your bucket list in Asia, um, spring may may be a great time to visit them. Um, The first one I wanted to dive into was um, Indonesia. So we've actually got a group of 10 guests we've been working with. Um, They're headed to Java for a week-long adventure tour. Actually, uh, they're heading out this weekend. Um, And so we'll find that um, in Indonesia, the best time to travel is from April to October. So, um, you know, still April, May is our uh, springtime, so a good time to book there. Weather's warm and pleasant. Um, You can travel there all year long, but it does tend to be rainier from November to March. Um, And so as we head into that April, May, we're kind of leaving the rainy season behind and it's a great place to be. So obviously you've got Bali, um, you've got incredible trekking opportunities, which isn't something people always think about when they think of Indonesia. I know a lot of people think, oh, beach and islands and and that type of thing. But Mount Rinjani is a great trekking experience in Indonesia. Um, And there are are quite a few others as well, if you're looking to get active. We just had a guest on from Indonesia a few podcasts ago, and I'm just amazed by the diversity. And again, on the bucket list, he had a suggestion, rent a boat and go on like a private snorkeling tour. Even you can do liveaboards where you live aboard and snorkel all day. And I thought, I don't mind scuba, but I really like snorkeling. I thought, oh, that would be incredible. And again, with kids, I thought, oh, I'm worried about my kids. He says, well, a lot of Indonesians can't swim. So the guides, the snorkeling guides are great for people who aren't strong swimmers, which I know in a lot of more developed places, you know, most snorkelers are really good swimmers. So maybe the guides aren't familiar with that. I thought, oh, that's, that makes it sound really good kind of as a family holiday. So yeah, Indonesia has so much diversity of wildlife and culture and topography and food. And um, yeah, it just seems like this incredible, uh, incredible destination. Uh, uh, outside of, of Indonesia, what are some other options in, in Asia? If you're looking to strap on your trekking boots uh, this spring, trekking in northern India is a great choice. Um, We've actually had some um, guests last spring travel to the Marka Valley and quite a few that are looking to travel um, in northern India. So if you're looking to trek in northern India, um, April and May are the two uh, best months for that. Um, And then speaking of trekking, of course, if we're talking about trekking in Asia, we can't forget our friends in Nepal. Um, There are two seasons that are ideal for trekking in Nepal, um, but the best time to travel, uh, one of the best times to travel rather is during the pre-monsoon season, which runs from March through early May. So that obviously covers our spring and um, it's a great time to to trek in Nepal, um, whether it's, you know, the Annapurna Trek or Everest. I know we've got a large group that's planning a pretty epic um, trip, I believe in the post-monsoon season. So what would be fall um, on our end? And I know they're really, really looking forward to that uh, 17-day trek. You know, I've never been to Nepal or trekking the Himalayas in spring, um, but I'm always used to going in autumn where everything's kind of brown and the harvest is in. And uh, people have told me it's like a totally different experience because 
you know, you have spring popping up through the ground. You have a lot more green. Uh, and it sounds like a really interesting time to go. It's also not as busy as the more popular autumn season. Um, so it is. It's a, it's a great option if you want to if you want to do something last minute. It's one of those places in spring you can still get bookings. It's not like it's gonna book up. Whereas in in autumn, sometimes it's hard, for example, to get the flight into Lukla. It's you know it's so busy. There really is no reason not to travel in, travel in spring. I feel like we're we're listing all of these um, benefits to traveling in spring, and it's like, gosh, why isn't everyone doing it? <laughs> um, and then lastly, cycling in Southeast Asia. So as you know, um, it gets very hot in in Southeast Asia, whether it's Thailand, Cambodia, Laos. Um, before it gets too hot, you're you're going to want to look at March and April as as great times to do cycling trips, whether that's a guided cycling family trip or, you know, self-guided cycling, um, temple hopping in Cambodia. Um, there's some great options in Southeast Asia. And uh, if you're like me and you don't enjoy biking in um, scorching temperatures, then March and April are are a great time to book that. And it's always a great time to go to Southeast Asia. It's just the food, the culture is just so easy. Like it's just, uh, it, it, if you haven't been, it's just, it's just easy. Like it's safe and friendly and, and great. There's so much history as well. Like it's totally different from, you know, what we see here in North America and Europe. And then last, I thought we'd round it out with Africa. Africa is a continent, gosh, I haven't been to Africa in 10 years. And so it's very near the top of my bucket list because uh, I, I remember after I traveled there for the first time um, through Southern Africa, starting in Zambia down through Namibia or Botswana, Namibia and South Africa, I thought, oh gosh, like I'm going to get back here at least within two years. I'm going to come home and save up and I've got to get back to Africa. And it's been 10 years. <laughs> As you know, there's just all of these, you know, all of these other destinations that capture your heart and, and you want to travel to them as it's the first time. But um, I definitely got to get back to Africa. Um, a good time to think about traveling there, um, in particular to Southern Africa, is um, during the what would be their autumn. So it's quite hot and dry in April and May, making it a really good time um, for safari in Southern Africa, whether that be Kruger, Kruger um, National Park in South Africa, Chobe in Botswana. Um, migratory birds are really active at this time as well. So again, um, as as African safaris in Southern Africa are a popular family trip in particular, a lot of uh, people are going to be doing this trip in the summer months when the kids are off of, off of school, particularly in East Africa as well. Spring is a great time to do it if you can beat the crowds again on this continent as well um, and you have the time to travel in spring in April or May, it's a good call. Uh, that sounds great. And uh, it's been too long for me as well. It's one of those things, you, you go to these places, you're like, I'm going to come back here so often. And then the world is so vast and there's so many places and you start doing your bucket list and you're like, man, I've got like 50 things on here. Let's just focus on the top 10. Maybe I can schedule those in the next five or eight years. Yeah, the struggle is real. There's just so much to see and do, but I always say there's there's no better time than now. And given that we are now uh, approaching the spring season, if our, our listeners out there are looking to book uh, an adventure that's and going to be an epic experience this spring. Um, you know, hopefully we've given them a few ideas today. 
And I think one of the nice things is everyone's different. And so, you know, I think one of the best things what we do at 10 Adventures is we customize the trips for people. And so, you know, there is no one size fits all for travel because some people want to go hard and have long days and really, you know, push themselves. Some people want to focus on understanding the culture, the food, or, you know, see more of a smaller area. And that's something, you know, that's something that you don't get if you just, you know, buy a trip off off the shelf. Um, you know, people can can email or contact contact you uh, or any any member of the team to kind of get this personalized approach to find the the right trip for for them, their partner, their friends, their family, their group. Yeah, absolutely. And it could be like, you know, just a matter of asking them, what are you looking for this spring? Are you looking to, um, you know, test your endurance? Are you looking to um, reset, unwind? Like, what is it that you're looking to get out of this trip? And I always think that's a great place to start when it comes to um, suggesting places to travel. And I think no matter what you're looking for this spring, there's definitely a trip out there for you. Now, one thing we didn't talk about is some people want cold in spring and they want to find you know the last turns you know get get somewhere that they can enjoy snow uh, I know this is my area of expertise so maybe I'll just share uh, something because I see a lot of people in the Canadian Rockies that come to Banff in April expecting that they can do these epic backpacking trips or uh, the famous one is people trying to go to Moraine Lake it, and, you know, they're walking this 12 kilometer, you know, frozen road that has, you know, cross country ski tracks on it. Um, and it's very similar in the Alps and in the North American Rockies. Um, you can't start hiking in, in March or April. Even in May, most of the high passes uh, in the Alps will still be snow covered, although the valleys are, are free. In the Canadian Rockies, often the final snows don't leave until the end of June. Uh, what that means is it's still a great time to ski in the Canadian Rockies, in some of the higher resorts down in uh, like the Sierras in California, because they have this snow that'll go all the way through till May. And if you've never skied kind of in shorts and a t-shirt, you know, and covering yourself in suntan lotion, it is a really cool time to to go skiing then. Uh, also, if you want to go backcountry skiing, the conditions usually get uh, more stable. So, you know, it's better conditions. It's not as cold. So some of the epic traverses that you can do, one of the famous ones is the Wapta Traverse uh, in Banff National Park. I've done it in February and it is atrociously terrible. It's, you know, minus 30, you know, snow and wind. Uh, I've also done it in April and it was like two degrees and, you know, clear blue skies. Um, and so there is still some good skiing. Unfortunately, in Europe, with just the the variability of, of snowpacks, kind of after March, you start really playing with fire. I know some of the higher resorts, they still have some terrain open. Um, but I, I don't recommend planning like a mid, mid-April or late-April ski trip well in advance. I always say if you're going go to go to the Alps in spring, like, make the decision like a week or two before because they could very well have all the snow gone or you know not have not have skiing yeah it's important to kind of do it on the fly in that case to see what's what's going on specifically with weather at the time excellent well uh nadine this is great uh you gave me a few more ideas for our bucket list uh, we're going to make this a regular occurrence, so we're going to have you back to talk about summer in a couple months just to let people know like some different places they can consider going uh, so thanks for sharing all your knowledge. I definitely appreciate it. My pleasure, Richard, and looking forward to connecting with our audience. Thanks. So uh, we'll put a few of the links to some of the trips Nadine mentioned in the show notes. 
so if you want to get some more ideas, check out the show notes. Uh, and with that, thanks for listening to this episode of the 10 Adventures podcast. We'll be back next week to explore the world and hear about more epic adventures. Listen to other episodes of the 10 Adventures podcast on Amazon Music at amazon.com slash 10 adventures.